What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. I'm your boy, Jimmy J, with a full cast, man, a full team roster. Haven't had this in a minute. Jake Galley, Kyle Sirik, Stat Matt Robinson. What's up, y'all? The, the gang's all here. We, we making it happen today. What's up? What's up? That's much, yeah, I don't think. Good. When was the last time we had four? Six weeks? It's been Bro, a while. It's a been minute. a while, man. Like, it was, yeah. We were wearing jackets outside. Like It wasn't nice weather last time all four of us right. were on it. So, so right. definitely we got to tap into the NBA playoffs. That's the whole episode we're talking about today. Not worried about anything else going on really in my life, to be honest. And it's all NBA playoffs. So that's what we're going to talk about. It's going to lead us right in to the facts straight at you. LeBron James is 4-5 and five in his career in series that he's trailed 3-2. The Suns currently lead the Lakers 3-2 in the first round. That's going to go perfectly in to what we want to do for this episode because we're going to try to break down as much as we can all all the the most interesting first round playoff series we'll start right there with the Suns and Lakers obviously we said it Phoenix leads 3-2 and and for me the biggest takeaway of this series as the the pseudo Suns fan I am on this podcast is that this is a, a team with a bunch of players in their first playoff series but it doesn't look like they're in their first playoff series and I think, again, a testament to Chris Paul. I'm gonna every chance I get, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a testament to him. But he's got a bunch of players who've never been in this spot before performing like this is routine for them. You know, he's he and everyone is kind of stepping right into form. Devin Booker averaging 26 5, or five and five. DeAndre Ayton averaging. Um, oh wait, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. No, no, Devin Booker is averaging 26 5 and five. I'm sorry, that includes two 30 point games already in this series. He kind of struggled in game two. Uh, but it's picked it up everywhere. Like that's that's the first thing I want to talk about. That's the first thing that needs to be talked about. Is they all look ready to go. There's, there was no warm up. There's no you know, you know first first playoff jitters from these you know from these rookie playoff performers. They're all ready to go and make it happen from the jump. They have to be. I mean, you're, you're playing eighty percent from the eighty percent from the field. <laughs> and that's like here's what's crazy about it. The first you know four games he's taking ad's lunch money straight mm. taking it from AD, like getting whatever he wants against ad soft boy game five rolls around ad's out they put in drummond you know you're getting more gasol deandre Hayden struggled he through the first like quarter and a half he had zero rebounds mm. like to me that's a, and that's not a knock against deandre and he's been awesome but to me that really points to the lakers might be in big trouble here with or without AD, they're going to be in real big trouble here, which uh, we kind of, I don't know if we wrote off the Suns. Y'all wrote them off. We were, de- we were doing y'all some scribbling. Did. We were doing some scribbling. <laughs> y'all did. Y'all, Kyle, you didn't write off the Suns? No, you weren't. Did you see right my bracket? Suns. No, you weren't right off the Suns. You I had the Suns right being the Lakers. Yeah, right, right. come you on. Right off the Suns. I, I said it was poor, bad luck Suns get them next year. Mm-hmm. That was my, you know, quotes out my mouth. So, I would say you really have to hats off to Chris Paul for his toughness and his IQ. The two things, I mean, like he has, as you said, James, these guys are ready to go. Defending Mm -hmm. champions doesn't matter. Every man in there is ready to knock down a big shot if it comes their way, get a big rebound, and they're playing scrappy. So that's, you know, Chris Paul's fingerprints are all over that team. Monty Williams, too. Let's give Monty Williams some credit for that as well. Yeah, of course. We're we're getting ready for it. Coach of the year. This is the two seed, though, and I think that's why we're thinking of it as a narrative because they're playing the Lakers, and that's why it's a big thing. But this is the two seed. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, you're facing LeBron. It's a little different, but I'm not surprised at this at all. 
I mean, they had a great regular season. People were writing off the Jazz too, right? Now they're up 3-1. I mean, I mean this is what they're expected to do. Nah, I think the, the big Jazz surprise, when they fell down Morant, like Grizzlies team. When when they fell down 2-1 and Chris Paul's shoulder looked like it was like really terrible and they had game four in LA, I feel like everyone figured, oh, this is over in five or maybe six if the Suns went at home. But they were able to get that win on the road in LA with AD getting hurt and Chris Paul just gutted it out for just a Chris Paul 18-9 game. And then game five rolled around and the Lakers had no clue how to play without AD. And Dennis Schroeder looks like the Lakers fan scapegoat if the series goes the wrong way. The Mario Chalmers Award he's won. Uh, Congratulations, Dennis. Uh, Lakers fans would call it the Danny Green Award. Exactly. No, but they won a championship. Like Mario Chalmers, that would be tough if he got the Mario Chalmers treatment. Chalmers won two chips. That's true, Chalmers won championships. So I know you say that, you know, this is what they're supposed to do, Kyle. And maybe to a point that's true. But Las Vegas, you know, people who are, their job is to get this right. Going into the series had the Lakers as, you know, betting favorites. So Vegas expected the Lakers to come out of this one. And granted, that has somewhat to do. I mean, you get kind of in the weeds there when you look at everyone bet on the Lakers to win the title. Um, So they kind of, they kind of need money on the sun. So it's just a, you know, balancing act. But overall, like I've been saying, hats off to the Suns for their performance. Yeah, like the the biggest, one of the biggest things that steps out to me is he has them so prepared. Like when he goes down, he being Chris Paul, like everyone's stepping up when they need to. And and that mainly happens when he goes down. Game one, the shoulder injury happens. He has seven points. Mikel Bridges comes off the bench, gives them 10 and four with timely threes made. That was DeAndre Ayton's monster game of 21 and 16. Game three, Chris Paul, seven points. Campaign, 15 off the bench. DeAndre Ayton again, 22 and 11. And then game five that just happened, Chris Paul has nine points. Mikel Bridges has 13, six and three campaign, 16 off the bench. Um, I believe Cam Johnson also had 11 off the bench, you know, coming in, making timely threes. So not only has, has them ready to go, but when he goes down is when those role players, those ancillary players step up. And there was, I'm sure a lot of people caught it, but there was a clip as, you know, inside the NBA is getting ready to go off and they're getting ready to go into the game where it's pregame and Chris Paul and campaign or somewhere around midcourt and Craner hunched over and Chris Paul saying something in the campaign's ear. And I'm sitting there with my guys are watching the game and we're all trying to figure out like, what's he saying? I'm like, he's saying like, make sure you're ready. Like I, I, you, you see the shoulder, you see me in the locker room. This drone is not a hundred percent. So stay ready because your playoff minutes are only going to increase the further and further we go. And like, you're going to need to do that. That, that first monster campaign game, what was that, 16 in game three or something like that? Like, he was saying that that can't be a fluke. That can't just be a one-off thing. Like, you've got to be that guy for the rest of the playoffs now. Like, I think that's what he was saying. That's part of the preparation that he's going. Like, he's not, that message doesn't happen when it's time to step up. That message has been happening way before, so they're not surprised to it. Like, that's what that's what I see. That's huge. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the leadership, obviously. And campaign has been the big surprise. That's double digits in four out of the five games now. Mm-hmm. He's been money. I'm surprised Sarge isn't playing much, but they haven't needed him with Cam Johnson also getting buckets. And we haven't even seen Jay Crowder play well yet. And I know he's getting all the meme hate, blah, blah, blah. Nah, like, he's doing his job. He's, he's not a LeBron Garter, guys. Jay Crowder is not supposed to be the LeBron no. shutdown guy. And, and that's why he's doing up yet, stuff. really. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So, as long as Devin Booker keeps putting in these games, I think he's 
a top five playoff scorer right now. Maybe it's a little further than that. But as long as he keeps putting in the buckets, the rest of the team around him is doing their job. And they're doing well. Devin Booker's going off and he's only shooting 28% from three. That number is going to come up. So the Lakers have to respond because they can't count on Devin Booker shooting inefficiently from three. LeBron Mm -hmm, needs to have a 2018 LeBron performance in game six and seven for the Lakers to have a shot. And that obviously is definitely on the table. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if it's on the table. Don't, 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 like, don't, don't, don't. Like Jay, a, a don't, fully Jay. healthy 2021 LeBron? Sure. LeBron's not fully healthy. Like, I don't know if I'm watching I'm not the saying same it's, LeBron. I'm not saying it's are. likely, but it's obviously possible. Like, nah. he's still, he's still able to create. He's still able to be effective. Now nah, you can but see like it, that, though. That turn the corner freight train, either you're fouling me or I'm cramming it on your head is not, not there bad. and that has to be the angle it just has to be like it is not at least in the first two games it was very noticeable in my opinion maybe he's starting to heal but like without ad it is really scary hours for the lakers because i'm not sure lebron's 100 percent. yeah and, and wait question what what's going on with trez why we see this the sixth man of the year no minutes a, a dnp and he's and he's complaining about it on social media. Oh, so, That's not good. No, but what's cracking me up is he puts that cryptic tweet out and then tweets like, "Oh, y'all gonna play detective by what I tweet?" Like you know what you was doing, man. Like don't get mad because we know how to decipher <laughs> something. Like, but I'm wondering, like, why, why, why no Montrezl? That was at the end of the. That's been happening since, ever since they got Drummond, and I mean now with AD out, you look for another center, and it, Marcus All's getting all the minutes. It, it, I mean. Trez, I don't know what's going on in practice or what Vogel sees, but I, I don't think I don't think he's who he was last year, to be honest. But I need mean, like, you also got to think about the matchups, though. Okay, but for a, for for a Lakers team, one the one, the Suns aren't deep at big, so I, I'm sure you could find a, a matchup for Montrezl Harrell. It's not like he's going up against seven footer after seven footer, and and this is a Lakers team that needs. A That's spark. why you don't play him though. See, my problem with him is exactly what Kyle said. Like, I'd prefer him against a seven-footer because he has innate advantages that allow him to compete with, you know, guys who are rebounding. He's not exactly seven-foot, but he's a strong rebounder. But when you force him to be a stretchier player, like he's got to guard Cameron Johnson or he's got to guard Mikel Bridges or... um, there's no spot for him. You know, you you put him in pick and roll if he's guarding DeAndre Ayton and he has to come up there. Uh, you know, top of the three-point arc, you can't really defend out there. So if they were to play Denver, you know, he's a perfect matchup for Aaron Gordon. Throw him on Aaron Gordon, he'll get some minutes. He's perfect for Millsap, I think, as well on it, Denver. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, like, right, that that that's to me what it is, but it is interesting. Dude was sixth man of the year, can't get any, you know, burn. He's, he's not finding himself because they're not starting Drummond, right? They're starting AD when he's playing. Mm-hmm. So essentially, we're talking about Trez finding himself as the fourth string center. I don't know which teams in high school level, any level, play their fourth string center, and it's it could be a. But it, should know, he a, be the fourth string center? Like I, I'm, if if his playoff minutes Gasol were cut, good minutes. But this is the sixth man of the year. Why get him then? Like I guess you can't foresee these things when you go and make a move for him last off season. But this is the sixth man of the year, and if his playoff minutes got cut, if he's down ten to fifteen minutes a game. Then you know I probably have I'm less confused because I get that he might not just have a spot, but a DNP, he even yeah. he didn't even rip off the the rip off pants like I, like that that's just really confusing to me. But we can move on from that because that was a, a lengthy time spent 
on that series. The next one, we'll stay in the Western Conference because we got to talk about the game that just happened last night. A couple games just happened last night, but the late, late one, the double OT one, Nuggets Blazers and one of the craziest performances I've ever seen in a playoff game from one player in Damian Lillard. But Matt, I know that's your series, so I won't I won't steal your thunder, but we definitely need we definitely need that one. I got to say the biggest L that was taken last night was by TNT. They definitely picked the wrong game. <laughs> right. The ATV got a huge <laughs> W by having that game on. Uh Lillard's performance is probably the best performance in a losing effort. Other than like the LeBron game one 2018 finals game. Like it's the most efficient 50 point playoff game in NBA history. He set the record for most threes made and his teammates just completely let him down. On uncontested threes, they were eight of 24. That number needs to be at least 50%. CJ McCollum was just, he stepped out of bounds late, seven of 22 overall. Just. The, they didn't come for him, and it's kind. Of, uh, it's honestly kind of funny. It's like a reverse of what happened two years ago, uh, where uh, in Game Seven against the Nuggets, Lillard played like shit, and McCollum carried them through to the win. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's almost, unfortunately, Lillard wasn't quite enough because Jokic was better this game. And I do think Jokic had a great game, but no one's talking about it because he's a boring player to talk about. Just average, like, Jokic had a normal great game. days, they're 38, 11, and 9. The pass he made on the game-winning three was stupid good. And just, it was just a joyous game of basketball. The bad call with Austin Rivers got corrected. They got to reset it. And the biggest takeaway is that it's, I, I'd argue it's the most fun series. Because as a casual, no one has a... No one has a vested, like, a strong hatred or love of the Blazers or the Nuggets. You can just watch it for basketball love and stake. And I definitely think this is this is going seven. Like, the Blazers actually outscored the Nuggets this series. Um, and I think if the Blazers want to win, they got to stop giving Melo the ball. Melo's just been Ooh. a black hole offensively, and he's a turnstile defensively. You got to stop giving Melo the ball. I agree. I think the problem here is you said Jokic had the better game. I disagree. Lillard had Not the better, better game. Not a better game. Oh. Un, un, like he didn't. He wasn't better than Lillard. And he was. No okay. one's talking about how good he was because okay. Lillard did, did the show-stopping things. Yeah, but that is that's what highlights what this series is. Jokic is getting help. Portland has mm. no one other than Damian Lillard. Norman Powell had like twenty-nine the game before yesterday. He shot an unefficient thirteen or inefficient. CJ McCollum played. 50 minutes yesterday had 18 points doesn't match up well Robert and then you got Covington guys missed two dunks two dunks <laughs> two oh, dunks in overtime one in first oh, overtime one in second overtime and the problem is they're letting Monte Morris score 28 on him they're letting Michael Porter Jr. get 20 when Jokic has 38 I mean it's it's it, he's not getting the help he needs well, we, which I we know his teammates were one of 19 in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter all of the and all of both overtimes uh, one of 19 of players not named Lillard. Well, yeah. one, two things. Ridiculous. One, one, we know that we know the Blazers are a tragically bad defensive team. They, they, they've never been a good defensive team, and it's really starting to show now. I didn't think it was going to be this bad, but um, it's definitely starting to show. Two, it may be time for Dame to run from the grind. 
I know he was talking to, to Paul to Paul George and Pat Bev last year about you you boys as chumps running from the grind. Dame, it might be time for you to run from the grind. Mm-hmm. Like it's you've you've proved your point. No, no, you're, I got the best you're idea. Enough. You're stoic enough. It might it might be time to get up out of Portland, man. It might be it might be that time. Jimmy What's Butler is owed potentially like fifty million, and when he's thirty six years old, and the Heat might not want to pay him. Trade McCollum for Butler in a package so the the heat can avoid that giant contract and the blazers can go all in with lillard instead of just being this perpetual five six ish seed that they've been for the past five years that does make them a better team i would say that probably makes them a better team if you make that swap that doesn't want a title that doesn't want a title it doesn't win a title and also like i love nurkic regular season you know he's Decent player, fair, you know, probably above average player, it's He's fair good. to say. He has been a big problem for them in this series. He's averaging five personal fouls a game. And, you know, no no discrediting him. He's guarding the MVP mm-hmm. in Jokic. But, you know, it, playoff basketball is about question, answer, question, answer. Right now, they can't answer Jokic. They have no answer for Jokic. Jokic is aver- averaging 32 in the series uh, per game. And he's third on the team in assists, meaning, you know, there are other guys who are now the facilitators. Jokic's focus is on score. They, they know. They, they have circled the matchup and they're attacking it. And that's also a reason why late in games, they, they have no interior defense and it creates open looks for others. You drive, you kick, you have no guy to protect the rim. Um, and another thing I noticed, and this may sound kind of stupid considering Dame had 55, but... You almost reap what you sow. It's almost Westbrookian, mm. in a sense. Mm. Because when you look at the assist numbers, they were moving the ball great until the overtimes hit. One assist in both of the overtimes combined. Now, I get it. When Dame Lillard is going off and, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's hard. It can be difficult. He was so efficient shooting. Fuck that. And he's going to hit the logo. Lillard had 27 assist opportunities last night. Only 10 of the shots went in. But it, it makes it difficult when you are Robert Covington and 8 out of 10 possessions, you are a spectator. Mm-hmm. You are you're watching the Dame show, which it is what it is. Like, that's probably their best chance to win, but he's cold. He's sitting there. He's not involved. The ball's not in his hands, and they're less prone to make big plays. I, I got it. I got Dame's it reversed. I got it reversed. Rating this series, Dame's offensive rating this series is 144. <laughs> I don't even know how to, I don't even know what to do with the that. offense is that that's it's unconscionably high when he's mm-hmm. on the court is what it means. Um uh Jake, I think it's reversed from the way you got it. I think the the the, uh, the assist opportunity stopped happening in the overtime because of the missed buckets and the missed opportunities, not the other way around. Robert Covington is now sitting in the corner cold because I've watched you clank a bunch of threes and I have forty going into the going into overtime. You just missed two burnt you, yeah, I mean, like, you are the, and and I'm about to hit fifty and I'm about to get fifty. Like 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 Dame really. That's why. That's why. It, it sounds stupid what I said. I can, it guys, I can. It doesn't. It doesn't sound stupid. It, one, it's definitely there's a cause and effect situation, and figuring out which one is which, I think, is what we're doing. But I definitely think as Dame scores more and as they miss more, overtime hit, and he was like, "Y'all just need to get out there just so people can guard somebody else." Like, I, yeah. I need to go. I need to go and score. Y'all are there to, to take up space at this point. My second best player is seven for twenty-two. Like, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not getting any. What I need. What I need to see from Dame, because Dame at fifty-five last night, right? Mm-hmm. Super yes. efficient. 
Yes. No turnovers. Jokic no touch- turnovers. Yeah, no turnovers. No, he had one. He had one. Did he have one um, turnover? What's insane is Jokic took seven more shots. If Lillard doesn't come out and shoot at least 30 shots next game and they lose, I'm sorry, Dame, a little bit's on you. You might have 50 again, but oh, a little bit you- is on you. Because you need to shoot. Jokic Kyle. took 31 shots. I like this take. This is no, a good take. No, no, That's why the Sixers lost game seven against the Raptors. Kawhi was an inefficient 44, but he was the only player on the team that was willing to score. I'm sorry. So he took him. I've seen yeah, enough. I, I, I someone like I've someone seen dropped enough. 55, and you're talking yes, to no, I No, I tweeted. Dame was unreal. I texted you guys last night. It was insane yeah. what he did. But you look back at it, and... They started the game down 20 points. They had to claw back, and a lot of it wasn't Dame clawing back. He was huge in the fourth quarter on, but you can't put yourself in a 20-foot or 20-point hole on the road in a 2-2 series. That tells me that your game plan was not right, and you still lost this game behind 55 points. I'm sorry, Dame. You deferred to your teammates three times at the end of the game. One stepped out of bounds. One missed a dunk. One missed a three. I forget who shot it. Shoot the ball. If you lose this series, it's clear that you need to be the X Factor. Shoot the ball. Shoot so the ball. I'm sorry. Because my, my next question to y'all was going to be, who who needs to step up? I think the easy question is like, you know, the easy answer is CJ McCollum. But who, CJ, who, he does. But who can Damian Lillard, can he rely on him to, to step up? Because in the past, yes. But I feel it, it. Blazers have always been guard play. Norman Powell has already put up 29 in a game this series. He could step up for CJ. You need at least 20 from one of them. I mean, that's that's given. Even last night, neither had twenty. I know Dame had fifty-five, but someone else should still have twenty. To watch Melo ball. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Jake. It, it can't be Melo. No, 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 no. That's not what I was not what yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like CJ McCollum may be in contention with Porzingis for fake number two award. Was, like yeah. your your build as the number two guy, you're like a borderline, I like think- oh, like you're a star, but you're you can't really be the number one guy, like a like almost like Tobias Harris kind of role. That man, he might as well be glorified JJ Reddick in some playoff series. Holy like, hell. Holy hell. He's resigned because his skill set is completely overlapped. With Dames, he does everything Dame does like worse. Uh, Dame just does yeah. better. Why would the ball be in his hands other that's than fair. necessity? That's fair. Both I just that's why I like the Jimmy Butler move. CJ's not having a horrible series though. He had a bad night last night, so. And I correct me if I'm wrong. This this might be something we can dive into a little bit later. I bet the bulk of CJ's points, like CJ hits timely baskets when Dame is on the floor. I bet he does the bulk of his stretch scoring when Dame is off the floor because he captains the second unit and and now he's the primary ball handler, primary scorer on there. I would love to see how much, how many of CJ's buckets come in that second and third period when Dame's off the floor. Like I, I bet that's where he shines. But we can move on to the next series. No, move on to the next series and keep this rolling. Because Clippers Mavs right now is tied 2-2. Probably the second, maybe the second most entertaining series behind um, the Nuggets Blazers. And Kyle, you got that because you texted us today. You said, I've watched every every minute, every game uh, of that series. So go ahead. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, I've had stuff to do. So, like, I've missed a couple games. I actually missed Sixers game one. I had something to do. I tore my shoulder when the playoffs started. I had to get MRI, doctor's appointment, all this stuff. Mm. So I've missed Mm. a couple games. But this one, I've seen everyone. I get those late-night West Coast games, right? And it's really been a tale of... You can break this series in two. The first two games, the last two games, right? Mavs go up 2-0, and then the Clippers win the next two games by double digits. And what I think 
which this is, you know, maybe not the whole series, but what I think that the Clippers have realized is they're going to let Luka Doncic get his. And he had 44-9-9 in game three. Clippers won by 10. And we're looking at them shutting down other guys now. Tim Hardaway, games one and two, had 21 points and 28 points on 62% field goal shooting, 65% from three. You look at the next two games where they're not doubling Doncic as much. Watch the games. They're not doubling Doncic as much. And now Tim Hardaway shot five for 22, has 16 combined points in two games. And uh, Jake mentioned, which I was actually going to bring up, the biggest fake superstar in the playoffs has easily been Kristaps Porzingis. I saw a tweet like uh, Chris Asperzingas is the only 7-3 shooting guard that can't shoot. (laughs) It's just like, I think the Clippers have him figured out. And it's tough to say in a series that's tied 2-2, but the last two games, the Clippers have all the momentum. And that's what matters in playoff basketball. And I I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if this goes 4-2 Clippers. Did did, did anyone agree? Y'all expected Chris Asperzingas to look like a superstar in these playoffs? I did not. He's got to look like a number two. I did not. He's got to be a number two. No, but just, you know, public perception, at least the past three years, maybe not so much this year. Yeah. Like, when you listen to the Stephen A. Kwame Brown roast, Mm. you could apply that shit to Kristaps Porzingis. (laughs) He's got no post move that he's commit to memory. He gets into the post, and it is just freestyling. It's incredible. His feet are too slow. He can't move. (laughs) (laughs) You could apply it to, I could put it over Kristaps' footage. It would apply. That's tough. I, I, I think the Clippers are like. It's gonna get a little too deep. They're like the fuck up, like of like the family where like okay, like now the Clippers because they were down 0-2, they come back. It's now 2-2. Man, the Clippers are making great adjustments. Mm-hmm. Kawhi's playing mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. These fuckers are 2-2. They should be scraping Dallas. This was supposed to be the team that was going to be a dynasty just last year. Like, what are we talking about? This is... It it goes back to... The Clippers are just this nonchalant, like, non-cohesive group. Maybe they'll win this series. But overall, this is a major suspect group outside Mm. of Kawhi. They don't... I still got got them going to the finals, bro. I said that. I believe it. I'm sorry. I, I could see it happening, Kyle. But but Jake, I think one of the la- one of the last points you brought up was so true. Like they're they're not a cohesive unit. There's a lot of talent on the Clippers, and it's just all thrown out on the court together. Like they don't they don't look like they move together. Paul George and Kawhi don't look like they talk outside of basketball ever. Like they look like they Why literally hate him. They, they look like they don't like each other oh, outside of basketball. Or, or not, not don't like each other, but like don't care for each other. Like they say, all right, man, dab each other up when they leave the arena. And they don't talk to each other until they both arrive the next day. So it, there's no cohesion there. There's no, there's not a unit there with the Clippers. But where I think the Mavericks lost their leverage is no one, no one on the Mavs was, was scared or intimidated or was worried in the first two games about anybody on the Clippers. There was nothing there. It even looked like they had a little chip on their shoulder because they knew the Clippers lost purposely to get them in the first round instead of getting the Lakers. And there's a little bit of, of, of FU because of that. Luca was talking to Pat Bev all crazy and, and Lithuanian and stuff. Like it, it was it was nuts. But that reversed on its head in games three and four. And you said it, Kyle, like you can you can break these series into two chunks. That's that's the vibe switch right there. The Clippers showed a lot of characters. They're down 19 in the first quarter of game three. And they look like just ready to just completely collapse and get swept. And they fought back and they won that game and then 
dominated game four. I, I think the Mavericks got a little cocky. Got a little got a little cocky thinking, oh, the Clippers are they're they they choke just like they choked last year, and then Kawhi becomes Kawhi, and now they have home court back. And we're not talking about Paul George. Paul George is playing well. Mm-hmm. Paul George is having a great series. And if it's Kawhi and Paul George keep keeping this up, that's why I think they're going to the finals. You know, the, the point about Kawhi and Paul George actually does make a lot of sense that you made, James. When you have a guy like Kawhi, who is very to himself, very quiet, I, I would imagine probably similar in the locker room. He's not a vocal leader. You he doesn't need want to be. that... You, and that's okay, because sometimes that is your number one guy, a little bit more reclusive. But you do need that guy in the locker room, and Paul George tried to be that guy, and he Rondo. turned into Pandemic P, mm-hmm. and people Rondo. rolled their eyes at him. Right, it's like Rondo's got, like, but, like, that's not good enough. It can't be your reserve guard. It can't be that the guy in the locker room. Like, that's, in my opinion, what they lack, and maybe, you know, it's a lot easier to get off that shtick you know, I'm the guy where I'm going to be the vocal leader, rah, rah, when you're playing well. So we'll see. Maybe Paul George can play well this postseason and kick that moniker and move along. He's, he's shown it so far. I think the Clippers actually bring that up. The Clippers locker room would be so funny to go into. It's like, Kawhi doesn't silent. talk. Paul George has a little bit of character. And then, like, now that Lou Will's gone, like, who's talking? Like, Serge Ibaka? Yeah, like who's who's like who's providing the entertainment in the locker room? I don't know if Paul George. They got the most random players. I'm looking at their roster: Nick Batum, quiet. Nick Batum, Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson. I mean, this <laughs> locker room is dead ass, like? dead ass silent. No one talks to each other. I promise this, you, no this, one talks to each other. This can be the last thing before we move on. What you want to talk about? Not using Mon, Montreal, Montrez Harrell. Kennard. <laughs> Luke Kennard got 64 and yeah, he got it back. He got it has back. zero playing time. What the hell? <laughs> what that, the I hell mean, was that? That contract sucked, first yeah. of all. But yeah, you got to play him a little. Give him a shot. Yeah, do something. <laughs> oh, if you, other, you don't want to become a Burton situation. Give me someone, someone, someone real quick. Give me Luke Kennard's season stats with the Clippers after that trade. Because there's, there's no way he goes, gets that bag and has zero minutes after four games in the playoffs. Like he had to be tragically bad in the regular season. So you want in the regular season he was eight points per game on. I mean, forty-four point six percent three-point is so what he won at. So not that not, was, Jake, uh, not for eight points. You don't get sixty-four M's on eight points. Yeah. Well, right. That's the problem. Is they're paying him solely to be you know Seth Curry, JJ Redick archetype. You're just shooting. Like you're you're just the shooter who catches you know three. Three threes a game, and you're putting them up. Bro, so, this is this is Mr. Ohio. This is the guy who broke LeBron's high school scoring record in Ohio. Like this, this is this supposed to be the guy. What's going on? And now, now he gets to cheer him on or cheer against him from the sideline. He's <laughs> just like us and doesn't touch the floor for a minute. Yeah, I mean, we got the most. It's crazy that me and Luke Kennard got the same amount of NBA playoff minutes. That's crazy. Where's your 64 M's, dude? They <laughs> have to send it to you. For real, for real. <laughs> All right, so that's that's most of the playoff. We didn't get to, to some playoff series, so before we move on, we'll touch on a little bit uh, of those series. The first one, and I'm I'm – Surprised that they, I got three Sixers fans who love to yell at me about all things Sixers all the time, and I couldn't get one of y'all to take the Sixers series for like for your series for big takeaways. Probably because y'all are so past it. Like this, that's why. Like no, like y'all have already written off the series in your mind. It don't matter. 
Yeah, I read this series off on the golf course during game one. Mm. <laughs> I mean, by the time, time by the time our listeners hear this episode, Sixers will be in round two. Bang. All right, all right, Matt. All right, Matt. Because this door is going up tomorrow morning. So so <laughs> everybody who listened to this, everybody who's listening to this right now, just remember that you just heard Matt say that the Sixers would have won now last night. So I just, I just want to put that on the record that, that y'all are confident. Now y'all are probably gonna close it out. There's yeah. like a there's like a point one percent of me that's like if the Sixers blow a 3-0 lead, I might have to stop watching basketball forever. Ooh, but like, ooh, but that's not gonna happen. But 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 yeah, I y'all wouldn't seen. lose a game seven. Like if it, if it gets to that, y'all wouldn't lose a game seven in Philly. But but would, but would you want that? But would you want that though? Like, did you want it to no. get to, to seven if games lose, against the Wizards? Like, that's terrible. No, that would be horrible. If they Especially lose tonight, they'll be Washington in game six. And if they lose tonight, though, Matt. It's pants shitting time if you're a Sixers fan. <laughs> yeah. Yes. If it gets yes. to game seven, I'll pants shit. Nah, if, the, if they yeah. beat you. Game seven is certified, but game six too, probably. Game seven, y'all soiled yourselves. Like, this is this is crazy. Okay. That would suck okay. because the Nets and Bucks are starting. That, that, that would suck if we go seven because the, the Nets y'all need and the Bucks crucial. would already be in, like, game three. Mm-hmm. We need y'all need rest. crucial rest. Y'all need crucial rest. Speaking of crucial rest. Because that's the only thing we could probably really talk about from the Sixers standpoint. Y'all are giving me a little bit of vibes that you're not completely comfortable with the Wizards series, but I'll move on from that. Then if they meet the Hawks or the Knicks next round, are you comfortable with how the Sixers look like going forward? Say, say Embiid is never back 100% from this knee. How comfortable are you guys with the Sixers moving forward? If Because you stop if and go Embiid with Embiid. misses all of next series... If he misses all of next series, which I don't think will happen, the Sixers will win in seven. If he plays what I would guess is that he plays minute restriction, 30 minutes in five, starting game three, we win in five or six. Y'all don't beat the Hawks without him. I think five or six. Y'all don't yeah, that was crazy when you said that before the show. And now you y'all said that on the pod. No. <laughs> y'all don't I beat disagree. the Hawks around Embiid. Y'all just, y'all don't. Disagree so hard. No, let's talk no, about it, Kyle. Let's, let's talk Hawks. about it. Let's talk about it, Kyle. Let's talk about it. Because what I see with the Hawks, I see three very competent and high-energy big men that they bring to the table. That now without Embiid, you're throwing Dwight Howard and and who at them? B-Ball Paul? Like who? Like Embiid's gonna play. Well, uh, Embiid's gonna play. This, but even this if he is, doesn't this play, is it doesn't with, matter. This was with. This is Capella's not Embiid. a scorer. The yeah, big Capella's not a scorer. It, I'm it not really matter. worried. I mean, I'm not he, worried he, at all. Not, They're struggling against a team that only has Julius Randle, who's getting Derrick Rose and Alec Burks being their best player. Not struggling, but playing tight games. They're playing tight games though. They're playing tight games. The Sixers are going to destroy that team if we. So play. here's here's the only. I think we that we have a harder time against the Knicks than we do with the Hawks. Their only win condition. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it. It really. I will say, like, because now you got to keep I, pace with the Hawks scoring. I, I fear the Hawks for that. For that matter, they actually have like a a win. Can they have a path to victory mm-hmm. where the Knicks have none? Uh, the Knicks aren't going to win that series. I, I would imagine they lose tonight. Uh, but when you look at the Hawks. It'd be hard for them to beat the Sixers in seven games, but they do have some tools that could get it done. That could that could win them a few games. When you look at 
Trey Young's ability to just drop a flash 50, 40 ball, you know, 40 points like it's nothing. He does it all the time against the Sixers. That's number one. Mm -hmm. And then number two, they now have guys that are, you know, Trey Young, the, the problem was it was only him last year or the year before that. It was only him, and that's why they stunk. Now you have Bogdanovich, you yep. have uh, Gallo, you've got, as you mentioned, John Collins or Capella, that they could have a superstar-level performance for one night, and along with Trey Young, that's enough to win you a game. Yeah, I think Bogdanovich would have to do it three times, and he's not going to do it. That's why it's tough for them to win in seven games, with yep. or without Embiid, but... I, they scare me a little. I won't, I won't lie. They scare me more, way more than the Knicks do. I think they should like scare you way more scared. than the Knicks do. I think I, they would. I, I would be more scared if the Heat were in there and they just got swept. I'm not worried about either of those teams. Everyone was worried about Tyler. Hill this is one to tuck away. This is one to tuck away for for the check tape segment in a few weeks. We, well, check that's what tape. that's what we have to do because we got a lot of check tapes. We a lot of things we're we're flying this episode. A lot of tapes. So yeah, yeah. so so next week we're we're bringing we're bringing out a check tape next week and see because y'all are talking crazy because y'all are talking absolute crazy. First of all, before we move on to the last one, we started talking about Knicks Hawks. And Jake, I think that was your series, Knicks Hawks. Yeah. So continue. So, it, so, so keep it going. It, it's not really a huge takeaway. Anyone with eyes can maybe see this. I had said on this podcast, we were talking about it before the show. At some point, I think it was when we profiled how good the Knicks have been playing midseason. I I'd said, I think they're, you know, a superstar away. They're a piece away. <laughs> no, they're not. They're much more than that away. Uh, watching... Like, at, like, and I, you know, I'm not a Knicks fan. They're New York team. I don't really like any of the New York teams. But I do have fans who are Knicks friends. And I do feel terrible that they have to watch Alec Burks and Derrick Rose save try and save their team against, like, another, like, middling, like, somewhat competitive team. Like, you, you know, you, I'm pushed to my absolute limit. And I have Alec Burks and Derrick Rose both dropping 25 in 2021. Yeah. No, 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 you, it's hilarious you make that point because I was actually talking to a Knicks fan at work and I asked him, I was like, yo, isn't it great to see like, like when Derrick Rose won them, what was it? Game, game, oh, the only game he one. Two good games. Two good games. One and three, maybe. So when, when Derrick Rose, when he's getting interviewed, I'm like, hey, that's, that's great to see Derrick Rose winning you a playoff game, right? He's like, man, no. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like it's, not great. it's not great to see Derrick Rose winning me a playoff game. He's like, I know Derrick Rose can't win me a championship. Derrick Rose can't win me a playoff series. Not now. He's like, he goes, it's great for everyone else who's not a Knicks fan because it's just a great story. You get to just focus on Derrick Rose. He was like, for me, it's big Thanks. picture for me. And I know that like if, if Derrick Rose is my second best option to win a playoff series, it's like you said, Jake, in 2021, like I know we don't got like we don't we don't have a far road ahead of us. So it's hilarious you made that point because I was just having this conversation with somebody. And like, uh, Matt also mentioned it before the show. We can move on after this. This is why they should give awards out after the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Because Julius Randle, they should smelt whatever the fuck award they were going to give him <laughs> into a brick. Because that would be representative of what the fuck he's been doing this playoffs. That's what he should get. Most improved player. Here's your brick. Here's your brick. Yo. Because what happened to Buddy? What happened to Buddy? He just, wasn't ready. he just wasn't ready for the playoff limelight. It's New York, man. And, and 
Like, like it's different to be in your first playoff. It's also another level when going into your first playoff game, Spike Lee is on the court clapping in your face, talking about we need a big game, big fella. We need a big game, big fella. Like there's, there's a whole different pressure at playing in the Mecca, man. Not everyone's built for all that. It's tough. It's tough. Saw so, a uh, tweet. was like, MIP should stand for man in peril. <laughs> oh, no. That's New it. York sports. Just tragic, tragic, tragic. All right. So we're going to move on to the second half of our episode. We're going to go from focusing on all this, you know, series in a whole to go to the to the only series that's set for the second round right now. And it's the series a lot of people were hoping to see and circling before the playoffs started. The Nets and the Bucks meeting uh, in the Eastern Conference semifinals. And Kyle, I'm going to come to you because this is, like, like we said, everyone's anticipating this. So we're going to need this. We're going to need the facts on this series coming up. Yeah, I mean, so obviously the Bucks were the only sweep of the first round. First round's not over yet, but we can justifiably say that that's the only sweep against the Heat. And their average marketing of victory against the defending runner-ups was 20 points. So the Bucks mm-hmm. took easy care of them. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo will miss the remainder of the playoffs, um, which is tough losing a starter if you want to make a deep playoff run. But we've seen Giannis, and we, we, we know about playoff Giannis, can't do it. But we've seen him be kind of insane. 23 and a half points, 15 rebounds, seven and a half assists on 45% shooting, which leaves the question, is that enough out of Giannis if you want to beat the Hawks or want to beat the Nets? And talking about the Nets, their three-headed monster is in full effect. I mean, KD, 32.6, 7.4, three assists, shooting 55%, 50% from three. Harden, 28 points a game, seven rebounds, 10 and a half assists, similar efficiency, and Kyrie, 25 a game. I mean, same type of numbers, right? Mm-hmm. What The thing about the Nets and why they're so dangerous right now, and we've all known this could be their full form, they're in that full form. Their efficiency was ridiculous in round one against Boston. 50% plus from the field in three out of five games. They're shooting 43% from three um, on an average of 34 attempts per night. If you compare that to regular season team standings, that would be the best three-point percentage of any team in the league and the third most three-pointers made per game. Their efficiency is stupid. And, you know, you can't probably keep that up over a full season. But the playoffs is only between 16 and 28 games. Mm -hmm. And the way they're playing right now, they could maybe keep that up. I mean, it's scary, right? It's getting scary right now. Yeah, so, I I mean, I think it's going to be a great series, but... The Nets are in full form, and we're not even into round two yet. It's 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 tough to pick against them for me. Let me let me answer the very first question you asked. Is that enough from Giannis? Would you say twenty three and a half on forty five from the field? Twenty three and a half, fifteen boards, eight assists, forty five percent from the field. On forty five from the field. I, I'm, the eight all, assists is inflated though because he had 15 in the last game. Right, it's a little right. inflated. And and I don't. It's kind of the same argument I've I've had when it comes to Ben Simmons after that that first game one performance. You know, giving giving me you know eight eight assists, 15 boards like that. That's you know stuffing the stats. It's a monster game. But if you're the best player on a team, the number one scoring option for Giannis, who averaged close to 30 points in a regular season, 23 and a half for a series is not enough. And it's definitely not enough when you're going up against a trio who literally averages 100 points a game. So three people put up 100 points a game. Counterpoint is they were, they blew out the they heat were blowing in three out. of those games. Right, right, right. Play the so minutes. we didn't play a lot. A little bit of count, yeah. Gian, Giannis, Giannis needs to average 35 
to beat the yeah. Nets. At least. And, that's and, possible, and Chris Middleton. No to defend him. And Chris Middleton saved them in, in, in game one. There, there should be no instance where you, you can't rely on Chris Middleton to be hitting a big shot for you at the end of the game. Like, you just can't do it. Uh, see, you say that, but that's the. I mean, ultimately, I think that comes down to kind of the, the problem with this team is like Chris Middleton's going to have to be the guy at the end of games. Um, you don't really want Giannis at the free throw line, and it's easier to pack the paint uh, and force him to kick out than, you know, Chris Middleton on the wing. So, to me, it's not so much about how many, how much does he score, how many rebounds. You have to be a dominating presence on defense. Like, you, the, the Nets, they're a great offensive team, and they let up a ton too, and they outscore teams. And that's just what they do, because they're able to do it with relative ease, and it's probably the easiest path for them. You have to make them work on the offensive end, uh, because you're going to be able to pretty much do whatever you want. When when Brooklyn's on defense, you can, you can work them over. I mean, they're, 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 Milwaukee is a uh, top 10, I believe it was, offensive team, mm-hmm. points scored. So they, they have no problem on offense. To me, the defensive end is where you're going to have to beat Brooklyn because if you let them, you know, give their fastball, their best punch, you're not going to be able to keep up. And and kudos to the Bucks front office because when you see teams making like an assemblance move like the Nets did and you're trying to keep pace, I think it's easy to try to, you know, keep up with the Joneses. Like, oh, we need to go get another superstar to keep up with their scoring. You got to realize that we can go get whoever, realistically, you can go get whoever we want in the in the buyout market, free agency, make a trade, whatever. We're not going to be able to keep up with that. That's just scoring like I've never seen it before. But we can add to our defensive identity, and the moves they made are, is for now. It's for this series. When they went and got Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker, like these all-around moves, that's, that's what's going to help take a little bit of pressure off of Giannis. And I'm still waiting for it to kind of like, fully come into fruition i haven't seen pj tucker be that really like versatile defender for them since he's been there um and drew holiday has had his moments but that 20 points that drew holiday can give you on the offensive side plus you know maybe the most underrated on ball defender in the league on the defensive side and pj tucker being able to guard one through four on a consistent basis that's what the bucks got them for is for this net series like that's that's what i'm dialed into like can can that halt the nets at all can't, can't do it because you got you got three people you got to deal with and let Joe Harris have a, a game yeah, like you he did in game two. Like let, if Joe Harris pops off, yeah. it's damn near impossible to stop. If Drew Holiday can contain Kyrie and just mm. make it KD and Harden, if, and, and Kyrie is not even thinking about touching twenty five points, like he has to play that good of defense, they have a good shot. So and good shot meaning. Good shot, meaning that could almost level the playing field. So Kyrie's like the like one. Like a shot. Like it's right, right. <laughs> per, yeah. Well, it's not the one. The, the thing, and Budenholzer obviously is going to have to think about this, and that's a big thing. How well can he game plan for this? You can't let all three get theirs. It's too many people. Mm-hmm. I get it. Joe Harris might have three points. It doesn't matter. Joe Harris is a catch-and-shoot guy. You guys are a good defensive team, especially perimeter defense. Do your normal stuff on him. That's yeah. fine. But if you can shut down one of these guys, and I feel like Kyrie is the easiest to pick from, mm-hmm. and you have a point guard defender, almost maybe best in the league, if you can shut down one of them, it levels the playing field a lot. Yeah, that's why. A lot, a lot. That's why I asked is Kyrie the one, because I, I, Kyle, I completely agree. I think that's the approach is you got a single one. You can't double three players. You can't double two players. There's not enough people on the floor. So you gotta you gotta pick one mm-hmm. to neutralize and then just hope that you have the scoring to to outpace 
the other two when they go for their 30 or 40 apiece. But you got to pick one and say, like, you are going to, I'm taking you out of the equation. I'm taking one of your, one of your pawns, one of your horses, whatever. I'm taking you out of the equation. But it's which one is that? Also, if you pick the wrong one and swing and miss, you, you risk, you run the risk of now all three of them are going to go off. Like, if I pick KD as you're the one I'm going to take out and I'm unsuccessful at that, now, now the floodgates are open. So it's Kyrie the one. You can't pick KD. Yeah, you can't pick KD. Because he's fucking the best scorer in the league, mm-hmm. and you can't pick Harden because Harden might give you 15 assists, even he if he only has much. 15 points. Yeah, he does. Yeah, too Kyrie much. only had about four assists in the first. Like Harden is primarily their ball handler right now. Mm-hmm. I know Kyrie's bringing it up, but if we're looking to make offense, it's Harden right now. So he does a little too much to where if you can shut him down, that's great. But Kyrie is the easiest one to pick, and at this point, no one knows how to beat this Nets team. You might just have to try it. I think KD's easiest to shut down because you can just throw Giannis on him. Yeah, I don't trust that. I don't. I don't. I don't trust one on one matchups. Yeah, you don't. Not a one on one. I think I'm just. Giannis was the defensive player of the year last year. Like he could be the defensive player eventually. And he was. He was. He was. He's a top five defender. He was like one of the only people in the history of the earth to have the actual the at the measurements to mm-hmm. guard a the mm-hmm. KD. I think I think Kyrie and uh, Harden are gonna go off and that's why the Nets will win in six. I don't think that Giannis is the perimeter defender that he he is inside though. And you that's don't really true. need the guard KD. Yeah but KD is, doesn't have the speed that he used to have. No but KD he has every though. he's got every ability to get to a spot. Like I, I don't think you I beat think KD with one on one match. I think KD is the greatest scorer on planet Earth, mm-hmm. and I'm right sorry, now. you're you can't contain him. He's like, leading I the mean, playoffs in scoring right I think now, thirty two point eight or something like that, and it's I, the lightest. Giannis is gonna guard. Giannis is gonna guard KD, and that might be enough to slow him down a little bit. But if you got to zone in on one, I'm picking Kyrie. To, to, and just to put a bow on this, I think the way you got to look at it is kind of like the box plus minus. How many points did you let up versus how many points did you score, and Specifically speaking about the two star guards versus the other two star guards, I would imagine, just a guess, KD and Giannis throughout this entire series will probably cancel each other out in that regard. Uh, how many points were scored when you're on the floor versus how many points did you let up? Uh, for the guards, if Milwaukee's guards are able to win that battle versus the other two guards, I would say. When they do that, they will be the favorites to win that game more often than not. That is like a win condition. That That is a path to victory for them. Is And again, all, I agree with all the points that we've talked about where the, you know, the easiest guy is Kyrie. So we'll see. We will see. I would have to think that this is going to be Brooklyn. Six, like, though. Like, I do think it's going to be Brooklyn in five or six. Maybe, maybe by default, Kyrie's the guy. But let's just think about this, man. Like this is this is Kyrie Irving that we're talking about. This is this may be the, the greatest show on Harwood right now. And like I said, if you swing and whoever you pick, like you best not swing and miss. Like you best not put all your defensive focus into one person and it not work out because it's over after that. Like you're you're getting 150 put on your head. Yeah. And it's so tough for me to say this Kyrie Irving is the one. That's what this team was built to do. It's crazy that's what how this team was built to do. You're you so got Kyrie, right, man. You just talked about him. You got Harden. You got Harden, maybe the most unguardable player in the league when he wants to score. And then you have KD, who I think is the best scorer ever. So I mean, 
it's tough. And and it, and it, it hit we the ground We want to get running. some predictions in. It hit the ground running. Yeah. yeah. So Jake, what'd you say? Brooklyn uh, is I, seven. I had, I had, yeah, Brooklyn and six. I think is my prediction. BK and six. All right, Kyle. Brooklyn go and six. That's Brooklyn and six. Uh, they both took my six. I know. Um, I gotta go Brooklyn in five. Very competitive games, though. Very competitive games. This is how I see it. One team can beat the other by 30. The other one can't. Wow. And I'm going to take the team that can do it in the playoffs. All right, then. I'm going to shock y'all. Milwaukee. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. Oh, <laughs> I, can't do, I, can't, I, I can't do it. It's, I'm going to go Brooklyn in seven, mainly because I'm not going to beat three people Brooklyn in six. Um, I, I see no blowouts in this series, but I see... At least I see both teams stealing a game on the road. Like I, I, I see, like this is going to be such a, a ping pong series going back and forth, where you think one team is getting leverage in a series, and then you know the other team comes back and gets them. So, but to me, this is the second best team in the NBA versus the fifth best team in the NBA. That's how I view the matchup. Which is, I mean, we're, we're pulling two, and, right? Yeah, but we're talking about top so five the, in the like, NBA. I, I pick, I pick, I pick a couple of Western Conference teams over. Uh, Milwaukee, and then obviously the Sixers are number one. So. Right, right. Obviously, I'm fair with that. Obviously, but I mean, in like my mind, obviously, obviously it's debatable. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm fine with that take though. He's fine with it. Uh, all right, well, let's say we're going to the countdown now. Yes, sir. Let's start with number five. The number of national championships Coach K won in his time at Duke recently or today. Uh, announced that he will be retiring at the end of this upcoming season. And that is like the third biggest, or not third biggest, but like third shockwave type news that we had in the basketball world today. Been a very busy day. My question is, do you guys consider him the best college basketball coach of all time? Uh, John R. Wooden uh, won. John R. Wooden won ten of them things. I gotta say, I want to. I want to make Duke fan. I want to make Duke fans mad because I hate Duke. So, Duke had arguably the, had the second best coach in the history of college basketball for forty years, and during that time, they still couldn't win more national titles than North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, I want to have Michael Jordan for a second. It's a tie. It's five to five. Michael Jordan for a minute there, too. Which is two national chips, right? Which is what? Two, two, Only one with Jordan. One, one national chip. The biggest downfall is not, not winning with that Zion team. That was a big letdown. The most hyped. That, might be the most hyped Duke team. Maybe, maybe most hyped team, and they were really that good. They didn't even make the Final Four. Yeah, I know. Hard to, hard to win it with that with all freshmen like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was it was just really shocking the timing of it. One, this also comes a month after Roy Williams announces his retirement. I don't know if that have anything to do with it, but it just seems very congruent. Like if if my competitor, my top competitor, is going out, it's like the Batman and Joker situation. Like if he's going out, I got nothing. I got, I got nothing to play, and you know, no competition to play against. Um, but it, I definitely yeah. thought that. Coach K had more years in him. Like it didn't look like he was ready to retire, but maybe he was just coming. Forty years is a long a time. Yeah. It's a long. I didn't realize it was forty. I looked yeah, it up. Yeah, but today. when you when you're a That's prolific a college coach like that, like college coaches hang on to their careers. We've seen you know guys like John Chady coach for sixty yep. plus years. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't think he. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was. Coach this K year. had a fulfilling. Sometimes been very, in Syracuse for roughly very like the fulfilling same time, career but... though. Yeah. He, Coach K had a very fulfilling 
40 years. Plus I, I think team US international career, career yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move to number four. Number four, the number of consecutive winner-take-all games the Toronto Maple Leafs have lost in a row each of the last four seasons. Did I hear ear to the streets correctly that Toronto blew a 3-1 lead? Did I hear this correctly? Yes. They lo- they were the number one. They finished first in their division. It was weird um, standings this year. It's like all the can- Canadian teams were like in together because of COVID. And yeah, they like finished that. first. They had, one of the- they had the third best record in hockey. They played a team that won only one more point than the Flyers did, and the Flyers sucked this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were up 3-1. They lost game five in overtime. They lost game six in overtime. And then they lost game seven, 3 nothing at home. Shaky, baby. Yeah. Not Toronto it's, being shaky. They're, they're a big, like, embarrassment in hockey. That they, they, They're perennial chokers. Are they? That's what I mean. It really is tough because, like, they're like one of. Well, I guess you could probably say it for all the Canadian teams, but like, if the Flyers did that, it'd be like, oh man. But like, we have three other sports that we're really focused on. Mm-hmm. For Toronto, yeah, Jose Bautista. You like one of two, bro. One of three. One of three. One of three. Jose Bautista's gone. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the hockey's their blood. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's go to number three. The Heat are the third team in NBA history to be swept after making the finals. The other two were the 2012 Mavs and the 2007 Heat. Uh, All the so same vibe. I would say, this. I was about to say, the thing that connects all of them are an getting there over the hill type star leading you and not being able to get you you know, I guess you, you kind of have the high peak the season before and then the letdown with the over-the-hump start. You call, that, you, that connects all three. You call it what it is. They tied. Like, you you saw it. <laughs> Straight J- up. Jimmy Butler over the stanchion last year. Tired as hell. Got a it's month and a half of offseason. Can't do it again, man. Tired. The, it's the year before. what The year they made the finals was the last year of their window. So that, mm-hmm. that, that's that's the... And that's, I mean, bro, when, when a champion had, wins, championship window shuts, that shit shuts quick. Like, that shit slams on you. Everyone wants to talk about the Mickey Mouse ring. No one wants to talk about the Mickey Mouse runner-up. Mm. How are you going to get swept? Mm. How are you going to get swept? I, I feel like... Yeah, yeah but you right. let the Knicks and the Hawks get the four or five seats above right, you. Right, right, right. And they it's never... Like, no, you're right, Kyle. Because they, they never... I don't think they got enough shit for that. Because a lot of people gave them a pass for even how bad they were in the regular season. Oh, they're the Heat. I was like, oh, oh don't we get were there. Right. We were the five, we were a lot early, and they did play better down the stretch. Right, right, right. Yeah. And Knicks but, and Hawks finished with better records. But so. Knicks and Hawks finished with better records, and now you get swept out the first round. Like, I thought, what's Heat culture? What's, what's going on down there? I That shouldn't have happened. Mickey Mouse, runner-up. Let's go to number two. The number of Champions Leagues Chelsea has won this 2012, and then this year, 2021. Shout out to the uh, with Captain America, they call him, Christian Pulisic over there for Chelsea winning the Champions League because we got to get some pride for American soccer because that joint so is So Chelsea's so made the Champions League. He doesn't even start. Chelsea right. made the Champions League <laughs> final three times. They've won it twice. Every single year they've made the Champions League final, they fired their manager midseason. <laughs> and their and their and their and their replacement got them there. Which I find like, very funny. It's kinda tough. That is kinda like, tough. Yeah, like you're you're the coach and then the Chelsea they go on historically it. Like, uh, David they fire Black. coaches like all the time. That's that's like their MO. 
It's Kyle, like David Blatt. That's exactly what I was about to say. They David yeah. Blatt him every year. They David Blatt ball, and then Tyloo will get the ring. That's so. That's so ass. Mm. That's crazy. All right, let's go number one. The number of times LeBron James has trailed three-two in a first-round series in his entire career, that being this year, they are now down three-two to the Phoenix Suns. We talked about it at the beginning of the episode. Yes, sir. Uh, my childhood is officially dead. I mean, it was probably mm-hmm. officially dead mm-hmm. like three, mm-hmm. four years ago. Mm-hmm. But I feel nothing. Like I just feel nothing. I don't. <laughs> LeBron. No, I used to be fun. the biggest LeBron fan. Like, I used to almost care about, and granted, this is during the Sixers process years, like, you weren't cheering for them in the playoffs. But, like, he used to be my playoff team. Oh, teams LeBron. All right, we'll cheer for them. Yeah. Man, yeah I feel like nothing Le- this year. Le- LeBron's won the amount of, like, he before it was like, he's so great, he should have more titles. Now it's like, he has like, he has the right amount of titles. Like, four is kind of right. So, I, I don't need him to win another one to, like, prove his legacy. His legacy's set. Let me let, let me uh, knock on wood because y'all all talking like this series is over and that's LeBron yeah, James over that, there that we talking about. Well, man. if they like, do lose this series, <laughs> I've already I've already made the first half of my argument, but it was a Mickey Mouse year last year. I'm sorry if both both finals teams lose in the first round. It was it was just it was the magic from the Magic I'm Kingdom. Sorry. That was a it. Point to be yeah. made. A point. Oh, yeah. for real, for real. And LeBron was, I think it was a joke because a AD and LeBron, were two of the best five players in the league, were like seriously injured. For like a lot of the season, because the so fairy got dust the seven seed, and then yeah. they both got and they played the team with the second best record in basketball, and then they were both like gimpy in the playoffs too. I think that's a better explanation. LeBron. You ever seen the Lion King though? Right, they, <laughs> they, really came back. they were like, <laughs> they would have been all right. <laughs> they were the one seed like before everyone got hurt. They were like no the cap. one seed. People forget. No, I know. They played very well with those <laughs> on the floor this year. Matt had to come in and bust that shit up with some <laughs> No, cats. but Kevin, yeah. no. bomb on your head. The lion king I've been riding the Vicky Mouse thing all year. It's no, no fun. It's so fun. I'm yes. not a LeBron hater, but I'm not a LeBron fan. So it's just so fun. LeBron says every time he hears the word like Orlando, like he like shivers, like he gets a cringe because he hates the city now because of what the bubble did to him. You- he won the chip. That should be like good memories. It's a yeah, weird. He won the hardest chip in the NBA. The hardest history. chip ever. Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was that was the hardest chip in NBA history. We're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. We can always get some shots up at the buzzer. Who got a shot at the buzzer? Okay, I got two things. Mm-hmm. I'll make the second one very quick. So, a couple months ago, I clowned Brentford Football Club. They were in the promotion playoffs in the championship and they choked away their last two games and then choked away the championship playoff game. And they were like, and in embarrassing fashion, well, they bounced back this year, made it back Mm. into the playoffs and they got promoted to the Premier League for the first time in their history of their club, which is like over a hundred years. So shout out to Brentford for bouncing back. They'll be the 10th team from London to play in the Premier League, which is wild. So many That's so crazy. Out to you, Matt, you're the reason for it. Yeah, man. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's Brentford so crazy. <laughs> it's oh, so crazy funny. that you work so hard to win a league just to move up and get kicked, your ass kicked for an entire season just to come back down. Yeah, but that year. money, like, that <laughs> money they is get, gonna be they good. get relegated. And they get relegated right back down. <laughs> they came up with the right year because now they get the money for the fans in the stands. They didn't come up for the year where no fans they could get the That's revenue. True. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's high IQ true. thinking there. They'll probably get their stadium taken over a lot, mm-hmm. but yeah, someone's buying the ticket. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. Uh, the right. second thing is 
Bo Burnham's new special Inside is very good. I highly it recommend is, it. It's it on is Netflix. very good. Bo it Burnham dropped good. a stand-up? Wow. What year was like It's a one-man show. It's a it's one-man not, show. It's like he performed it all inside like one room. And he like, it's so it's, there's like no audience, obviously. Of Don't watch it expecting to laugh, though. Oh, okay. It's so okay. much more than that. I got but, you, got you. Got yeah, you. it was really good. I'm a huge Bo Burnham fan. I liked nice, it a lot. Nice. Not what I was expecting, but I liked it a lot. Word, word, man. I'll check it out. I'll go second. Go ahead. Um, I'm getting clipped for what I said about Dame Lillard. I already know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be on socials. Because uh, mm-hmm. you, you was talking reckless. It's not, it's not all game's fault. I'm saying it's going to be like one of those like regrets, dude. If, if I'm Dame Lillard, that's a regret of mine. If I don't take more shots and we lose and I have 50, it's I'm going to regret that. Your mm. team's not playing well, dude. Like, take more shots. I know it's I, I'm one that's called Dame a top five player in the league. Not many people will say that. I'm a huge Dame fan. But at the end of the day, if they lose, of course, it's not his fault. But he could have done more. And you hate leaving that on the table at the end of the season. He could have done a little more. I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. You're you're right. I just think that's the first time anyone's, anyone's... He could have done more, Dame Lillard. Right. right. <laughs> no, that's the first time. This is such a vet move yeah. by you, Kyle. It's the first time anyone's ever got out in front of a, a clip by putting it in the at the buzzer. That's like, a vet like, move. That well, is, this is what happened. You guys... You guys wrote it in the script, and the headline <laughs> didn't sit right with me. Jake was on it your head. I saw Portland it. Loses. This is this is what the headline says in the script for everyone listening. <laughs> it's it's uh, highlighted in yellow as well. It goes, "If Portland loses, it's on Dame," and then it says, "Kyle," like because I said it. I don't think I use those words. <laughs> Welcome did. to the media business. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's every time you see the dot 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 on a quote post, we left out the part that didn't fit our narrative, and now we put the part in that does. <laughs> <laughs> That's what those dot dot dots are for. Oh you, sir, are are the next victim of of a media quote post. Jake, would you have to say the buzzer? Uh, so I, I mean, I'm sure you guys have picked up. I'm a little bit of a spiteful, vindictive type person no. uh, when it when it comes to it, and um, so as I mentioned previously, that. you know. Played a lot of the Diamond Dynasty, MLB The Show, and I've been playing with a group of guys uh, just to, I mean, like sharing, like, you know, hey, do this, you'll get this guy faster. And I would mentioned to the group that I wanted to get the 97 Cliff Lee. Like, that was my, like, oh, I'm going to grind. It's going to take me a while. I'm going to get 97 Cliff Lee. Now, all the other people are like, oh, that's kind of, that car is kind of nasty. Let me get 97 Cliff Lee, too. I'm like, all right, dickhead. Like, <laughs> I want Cliff Lee. Like, we can't all have Cliff Lee. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Saturday, Sarah was down the shore for Memorial Day weekend, and I played 12 hours straight of Xbox. Mm-hmm. And guess who has Cliff Lee? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Let's go. Put the work, yo! This boy put the work in to get it. I've done that. I've really done that before too. You're probably playing offline for the majority of it too, which is mind. There's like the mission. So I actually did online ranked, and I got my ass kicked with like an NL East. Obviously, he's like the NL East. You have to play with all these NL East players, and all my NL East players are trash. So now we got Cliff Lee. We got. We just packed a 95 Adam Dunn. My team's looking pretty nasty. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. They got a 95 Adam Dunn. The 400 what? Homer Club. Oh, he's a, oh he's a menace. God. He's a menace. Yeah, Matt, you can say, oh my God, if it's in the top half of the strike zone, it's leaving the yard. It's, it's out. Period. 
Adam Dunn had Adam Dunn had some had some days in his hand. He had his day. He had his day. Four hundred home runs. That's a lot. Right, right. Um, all right. All I got to say at the buzzer is I'm here once again to reaffirm my hate for hospitals. I hate the hospital. I had to go to the hospital today, get some stuff checked out for myself. And first of all, everything that was supposed to be done on their end just was not done. Just straight up, just wasn't done. All this, all this verification that they have to do with my insurance, make sure I'm I'm in there and ready to go. They send me this whole email of everything that I have to do. Be prepared for when you walk in. Tell me what to wear and all that. I'm there 15 minutes early and everything. I'm checking in. And they're like, oh, it's going to be a minute because we haven't verified your, your insurance from the last time you were here a month ago. So so this just sat here for a month while I'm doing my homework. Y'all did nothing. So I just, if they're for the place that we're supposed to go to, to keep us healthy make us healthier keep us alive and all that for it not to be running smoothly just doesn't sit well with me man i just really i can't stand hospitals i don't like being them today was just the last installment i waited an i waited an hour and a half in a waiting room for my shoulder two weeks ago yeah because they forgot so they 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 knew i was there at the front office they had my appointment written down but my doctor didn't have my appointment so he was taking all his other people. I saw like seven people come in and out. I waited an hour and a half and then I said something and I was like, yo, what's going on? And I finally got in. Kyle yeah, just going caring up in that joint. Kyle just yeah, sitting there, shoulder halfway down his body, trying to get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and they just yeah, run I couldn't right tell by. you what I was doing. Dude. I was just like on my phone, off my phone, on my phone. Yeah. And 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 a hospital, hospital one of those places it's set up that you either gotta use their Wi-Fi or you you in Little House of the Prairie. There's 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 no reception in that building. So like, and their Wi-Fi is ass. So like, I'm sitting there, my Instagram won't refresh, my Twitter won't refresh. They got General Hospital or Days of Our Lives on in the in the waiting room. That's it was the worst. Miserable, absolutely miserable time. Absolutely miserable yeah. time. Um, but that's it for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great one. Glad to have the full roster back and healthy and better. For my guy, Stat Matt Robinson, Kyle Sirik, and Jake Galley. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up.